counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses, Your Honor. Curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and IG4 or against the movies being on that list. My name's Johannes. And I am Raji. Today, we're not talking about a movie on this list. Yes, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about some of our, you know, in light of the 20 episodes we've done so far, some of our top 20 films and what we, uh, we wish we had seen on that list. As opposed right. to what we saw on that list. That's right. Uh, we've we figured out that it's, it's probably a little hard to to gauge for for our judges uh, like where we stand on movies sometimes if if we don't give the context of the movies that we like. <laughs> exactly. I think that uh, having the audience understand what kind of movies kind of move us will help them appreciate why we like some films and why we don't like some films. Right. Right. And I mean, you know, twenty movies, and I think. This has been a very good exercise, and there's some movies, I'm sure, on both of our lists, both of our internal like top 20s uh, that are already on the top 250, but uh, there's a lot of movies on my list, at least, that uh, have been uh, neglected, and I'm sad about that. <laughs> I, I would even say that my number one movie is not even in the top 20, and it irks me every single time we go in that this movie has been overlooked so much, you know, so I am totally... I'm totally in for this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my top four are not on this list. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be an interesting episode. I think it's gonna be more free flowing than most, and uh, you know, no necessary formalities. So um, we'll probably just go through the list from you no know, number twenty to one. Maybe have a little bit of a discussion every once in a while, uh, yeah. and uh, see how we end the episode. Yeah, sounds good. The witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Spot number twenty, Raji. What, what's on your What's on your twenty? Before I go into number twenty, I'll probably just mention a couple of honorable mentions. Oh, okay. I have just quick movies that I I feel like I wish they made it into this list, and uh, I just couldn't have. I didn't have enough space for it. Um, I would say number four on that list is the Black Klansman. It came out uh, a few years ago, a couple of years ago. It was a very, very hard film to watch, especially at the end. Uh, number three for me is Delhi Belly. Uh, it's an Indian film that is just so hilarious. Um, number two is Raise the Red Lantern. Uh, that came out in 1991. It's a Chinese film about a woman who was living in the Forbidden Kingdom or Forbidden Castle. And uh, number one is a bit of a cheat. It's called the Three Colors Trilogy, which is uh, three films divided into blue, white, and red um, by a Russian filmographer, a director. And uh, it kind of touched me in many ways. So having said all that, my number 20 film is Get Out. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Okay. I think Get Out is a is a movie that you know talked touched a lot of um, it did a lot to talk about race and how people are perceived in in society. Uh-huh. Um, it's a horror film that is based on just perception, um, and I think that it was brilliantly executed. 
Um, and you know, I love the film. I love yeah. the film, but I, I wouldn't say I love most of the other films he's done. But Get Out was spectacular. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's one of those movies that kind of take you for a ride for sure, <laughs> right? And you have kind of you go in with preconceived notions in a way, and then those get turned over, and yeah, it's it's good. Uh, I wanted to mention your your honorable mention of Black Klansman. Um, great movie, great movie, great yeah. music, uh, great performances. Um, yeah, like that movie a lot too. Um, for some reason, like a lot of movies on my list are not as contemporary. Um, which I guess is just kind of that thought of good movies need to season a little bit, need to age a little bit to True. fully appreciate. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, my 20 is Train Spotting. That's a, that's a really good one. That's a really good one. Uh, it's it's been a while since I watched that. It came out in like 95, 96, right? Yeah, yeah, quite a while ago. But it's yeah. great performances again. Like mu- music is great and iconic. Um, visually, it's very interesting. You know, it's kind of what what Euphoria does now, but in the in the nineties, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, would you say the movie was ahead of its time? Because I, I think when it, drug culture was not so big in those days, but now, like you see how accepted Euphoria is. Do you think Trainspotting would have made a Trainspotting would have been interesting today? I mean, they just came out with a sequel. Uh, which is which wasn't also, that good. wasn't that good? I, I haven't I seen that good. yet. Interesting. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of, I don't know. I I, I, th- I don't know if it was ahead of its time, but I think it's, it was right in the moment because I feel like the 90s were very much the excess, you know, trying to feel something because like, you know, it was coming out of, out of the, the colorful fake plastic eighties in a way. And you know, mm. the nineties are, are a little more gritty and, and, and dark and depressed. And, you know, I always take these, these drug movies as a, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a way to, to feel. Yeah. You know, so it's the same with euphoria in a way where, you know, I think the, the people that take drugs on the show are just there to feel something because it's just the, the society in a way just kind of numbs you. And I think the 90s also kind of had that to a degree. I can definitely appreciate that. I couldn't appreciate that. All right. My number 19 film is The Producers. Wow. Okay. The musical, The Producers. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. I've seen The Producers a million times. I love that film. Everything about the premise, the execution, the expectations are just incredible. I heard about it um, in my German class in uh-huh. university, and uh, I thought it was a ridiculous premise. Um, producers, a producer who's uh, not doing so well in his movies uh, decides to make the worst movie ever made um, to cash out uh, and make the most money because he thinks the IRS is not going to search. And then he hires the worst director he hires the worst script and he gets a partner and they decide to make the worst show ever that he expected to close on the first day. And the premise of the movie is horrible. It's what if the Nazis win the war? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, and they make a musical about it. And it turns out to be a hit because of uh, the person who plays Adolf Hitler. Uh, 
it's such a it's such a stupid film, and I think it's it's one of my top twenty films of all times. Yeah, it's 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 silly fun. I've seen the show once. It was it's silly fun. It's again good performances, right? So it's, um, but then I mean, what the the that whole what if scenario, um, was also done in Man in the High High Castle. High show? Castle, yeah. Right. Yeah, which I, I didn't think was so good personally, but now I would say that's a little bit more somber. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very campy, yeah. No, <laughs> very true. So um, I just changed my number nineteen, but um, <laughs> uh, Back to the Future number one. Oh, interesting. I know I saw that movie recently too. Anyway, go on. I'm I'm curious to know your justification. I think it's. It's one of those movies that, that again are just very set in in the time they were made mm-hmm. and the the futuristic vision that they brought forward is outrageous but still kind of attainable you know and now that we were kind of having this retro retro thing going on where they you know tried to recreate the hoverboards and you know like it's still such such a pop culture fixture um that is that, that is, is true fascinating to me and and again I, I, effects hold up still i think um you know it's it's so iconic like the delorean like there's still you know you see deloreans in museums and then like oftentimes there's one made out to be the, like the one in, in this movie um music is iconic and, and you know, so it's it's you know, it's a great movie. I think it's it's fun. It's a fun, just time travel movie that sort of kind of still makes sense. So, I I, I I I totally agree with you. I think that it captured everybody's imagination. What years later, we're still talking about the shoes, self tying shoes. Yeah, uh, we're still talking about the DeLorean, uh, and which wasn't actually a very good car. To be fair, it wasn't a very good car. Uh, but the movie made it uh, much bigger than it, it's supposed to be. And uh, it's very interesting how impactful the movie was uh, to the social commentary that we have today. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 18. My number 18 is a movie that came out in 2002 called The Twilight Samurai. Starring Hiroyuki Senada. This movie is um, basically um, one of the dopest samurai films I've ever watched. It's about a a samurai who is now disillusioned after the death of his wife, and he's a he's just a bookkeeper. He wants to be a bookkeeper rather than a warrior, and uh, he goes around his life trying to take care of his daughters. And, uh, you know, one day he sees somebody getting beat up and he decides to challenge the person who was getting, uh, who was be doing the beating. And the person who was doing the beating was like a lord, was like a real samurai. Um, and he fights him with a stick while the guy used the sword and he beat him. And all of a sudden, this whole stuff spread around the village. Uh, and this guy who just wants to be a simple guy, doesn't want to do anything, is forced to save the whole village from a raging guy. And it, it talks about, you know, the death of the samurai, how the samurai, you know, time is going. And he wants to be, you know, with the times. Um, 
and uh, he's in a sort of malaise. Um, but at the end of the film, the old world has to save the village. Uh, and it's such, I mean, the, especially the end, it's so suspenseful how it all ended. And it's, it's very, 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 very beautifully shot. Um, and you totally feel for the main character. I, I love that film with all my heart. All right. Cool. Yeah, I've not heard of this, but now I'm intrigued. <laughs> <clears throat> my 18. Uh, my 18 is A Clockwork Orange. I feel like, oh, <laughs> I feel that like is you, a good you, one. You need to have a Kubrick movie on the in the top twenty. Like I, I, I don't even know what's going on here at IMDb. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of hard to figure out which one because of you know, Full Metal Jacket is great, uh, Shining is great, uh, Clockwork Orange is great. But um, I, I guess one of my themes in this whole list is like, I have a thing for for just good design. And I feel like Clockwork Orange is, is is a lot of that. The iconic milk bar, the Drugs uniforms, and all that. And and it's it's this mixture of you know bigger, depressing kind of story. Like there's a lot of dark stuff that's that's being handled here, right? But then it's visually, it's it's so well done. And I think Kubrick was just kind of a genius in what he did. So I, I feel like he should be on this list. Yeah. I, I I don't disagree. I'm I'm also I'm somewhat of a fan of Stanley Kubrick. He definitely has his style, and mm-hmm. Clockwork Orange is just a it's a crazy crazy film. I, yeah. I I mean you know at some point it flips from what it was at the very beginning to what it became at the very end. But I think that the overall theme just works perfectly. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a really good film. It's a good it's good on that list. All right. Um, my number number seventeen is Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. I'm not really a big fan of Star Wars, but you can't deny how good that film is. The sense of adventure is just immaculate throughout the film. I really enjoyed the um, the interactions between the characters. What was at stake? And how the movie ended. Some of the quips are still memorable till today. You know, I love you. I know. As <laughs> it's uh, still, uh, it's still awesome. Um, and you know, the final scene. And then you know, it's is it difficult to spoil the film? You know, I'm your father. <laughs> the I'm your father scene at the very end. It's still part of pop culture till today. I I, I like the film. It's quite a. I think it's the only Star Wars film that made it into my list. Yeah. What? No love for for episode one? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about Empire a little later on my list. But uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a, it's probably the best Star Wars movie in the in the nine episode cycle. Yeah. Uh, number seventeen for me, Hereditary. Like the most content like the most recent one i think on my list i think hereditary is one of those movies that uh catches you by surprise um especially the 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 drive home (laughs) 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 and um what ensues after and and again like great performances it's just bizarre but well done um a lot of kind of hiding in the shadows um it's scary but but a good scary it's 
yeah, I, I think Hereditary is a, is a great example of what horror can be if you don't just go for slasher, but go for you know, a little more psychological horror. Wasn't that directed by the same guy who did Midsommar? Ari I Aspen? think so, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't seen Hereditary, but um, from what I experienced watching Midsommar, I can't imagine how good that was. I, I Midsommar really messed with <laughs> with my mind. Uh, yeah. And uh, I can't imagine how good um, Hereditary is. I probably will give that a look now that you mention it. Yeah, yeah, check uh, it out. Interesting. Uh, well, I, I'm going to be adding to my list, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next movie on my list uh, doesn't really need many introductions. It's Spider-Man 2. Um, okay. The I think it's still the best Spider-Man film closely followed uh into by into the spider-verse but uh spider-man 2 was the epitome of what the spider-man film was a guy down on his luck trying to struggle um and uh trying to make do with what he has while you have you know the people around you who you appreciate and love turning against you um so it was man against the world and i think that the whole theme of the film works great in that concept so I don't have to spend too much time talking about Spider-Man 2, but I, I think it's a really dope film. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't have any superhero movies on my list because I'm. Oh well, I, oh technically I do. <laughs> I, I take that back. <laughs> technically I do. Um, next on my list, Blair Witch Project. Ooh, Blair Witch Project. That's an old one, two thousand and one, I think. Right. Yes, yeah, like ninety nine to ninety nine. Like yeah, I think it was it was kind of in the same vein as Matrix when it came out. Um, and the, I watched that movies a lot of times, and I watched it with the audio commentary and the what you know English, German, whatever. And it, yeah, <laughs> as somebody who's not necessarily a fan of walking in the woods at night, it's kind of the perfect creepy movie in that sense, I think. But. Um, the finale of it all, I think, is, is so well done with, with you know, just the, this, the way they do it with the audio channels where only one camera has the audio. You just hear the screams like from far, from afar, coming closer, coming closer. It's, uh, it's so good. Um, and just the whole concept about, you know, it started the found footage genre. And I think that's something to this day that still moves on. It's kind of... Um, revolutionary in that and i think it's it's well done the whole lore around it's real back then i remember that still it's like oh that's that's kind of creepy too uh, you know <laughs> so it's, it's just a well done concept super cheaply made and it looks like it but you know by design and you know all the power to the people that made it because i think they made out like bandits with this thing <laughs> that's so interesting i it didn't even occur to me to, to have this movie on my list but I, I remember the Blair Witch Project. I was in boarding school and I was the entertainment prefect and it was one of the movies that we put in and we would just sit down for hours discussing whether it was real. Some people were like, it's real. And I was <laughs> like, you know, it's obviously real. Uh, it's, I mean, it, it definitely made a big impact because there was a ton of movies that tried to copy it after it came out. So uh, that's a good call. Uh, that's, a, that's definitely a good call. Yeah, yeah. I like that movie. Um, tons of times. Fifteen. 
My 15 is a more recent film, No Time to Die. Um, it's the the final movie by Daniel Craig in, the, in his James Bond series. series. Um, and I think that it rivals Casino Royale as one of his best. I think that the movie was well directed. It was beautifully shot. Every single, every single scene um, was impactful, which is not something that you can, you know, say for a lot of James Bond movies. Movies, and I, I have watched basically all of them. Uh-huh. Um, and also the nod to his on His Majesty's Secret Service. It's all throughout the film, you know, uh, which is one of my really good James Bond films and one of my more impactful ones, but one of the ones that was not so well received. Um, the fact that this movie has such an affinity with that uh, also means a lot to me. So it's my number, it's number number 15. Right on. Yeah, I, I, thought, I, I know this movie gets a lot of flack. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I think mm-hmm. I like Daniel Craig as, as Bond, and so yeah, I agree. It was a good movie. I'm not sure I would put it on the top twenty personally, but I thought it was an enjoyable movie. My fifteen is Godfather Two. Ooh, Godfather Two. I'm demoting Godfather severely <laughs> for the <laughs> for the official list, but you know, for the genre, it's. It's arguably a good movie. It's long and all that. Like I, I don't even remember if I argued for or, or against it in our episode. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a good movie. It, it again, it's that and Godfather one kind of genre defining, defining, uh, genre defining, and uh, yeah, just a good movie. Keep it simple here. <laughs> uh, my number fourteen is Raise the Red Lantern which stars Gong Li. Um, basically, she becomes a concubine for a wealthy, um, a, wealthy uh, a wealthy man in China, and she has to live with him on this big castle. And uh, it's about intrigue. It's about um, palatial, what do you call it, uh, drama, uh, people getting killed, um, jealous rages, and, you know, darkest secrets it's very well acted um it came out a while back probably in 92 or 91 uh it's a chinese film um and it's i think that it's about you know things that are darker than they seem she's intrigued initially by how much luxury exists within the castle and as time goes on she realizes that there's a lot of dark secrets involved um and she has to pay the consequences of being in that relationship. It's very, it's a very dark psychological thriller. It's really, really good. Oh, cool! Never heard of. Like, I, I realize now that I'm my movie history is is a lot of Western movies, Western <laughs> century <laughs> movies. So, uh, yeah, my list uh, is informed by that a lot. So, I'm glad to hear and expand my horizon. With thanks for that suggestion. Of course. Uh, Fight Club. That's next on my list. You talk oh, about it. Ex- oh, what? <laughs> oh, no. No, yeah, I'm listening. <laughs> I, was, I was just exclaiming, like, yo, that's that's a good film, too. Yeah, and I, I, didn't, I, I didn't argue for or against this one because we had a guest on that episode. But um, I think 
Fincher did a good job with this movie. Um, it, it, it's one of these things where, you know, these these one frame cut-ins of Tyler Durden. You know, did you see that you know, back then? And then, um, it, it, yeah, I think on the episode we see it, it looks great still. It's again, it's very iconic with the soap and you know, you know all that kind of stuff. Um, very enjoyable. Still holds up. Great. Looks great. It's still very enjoyable. So I think it should be there. And again, it's 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 like one of these movies that informed the kind of schizophrenia in an interesting and different way. Totally. I I I I I mean, the movie still has a a very strong position in my heart. You know, it's we're watching it. You know, you start to notice things that you didn't notice in the first place. So the movie is highly rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the acting was great, you know. Um, I enjoyed the characters quite a lot, and you know, the ending was uh, was was quite intriguing in in a way or two. I mean, some of it, uh, some of it definitely makes you wonder. Um, but I still think the movie is a really, really good good movie. Good call, um, good call on that one. All right, my uh, my number thirteen. Is back to uh, is back to the Asian the South Korean market. Mm. It's a uh, parasite. Ooh, uh, directed by Bong Joon Ho, won the Academy Award. Uh, was it two years ago or three years ago? Um, and it stars um, Song Kang. I forgot his name. Um, Song Hang Ho, who plays the father uh, in the film, and it's basically a movie about wealth, um, wealth separation, uh, the distance between the rich and the poor, which is interesting because it's one of the themes that um, the director has done in many of his films, including Snowpiercer. Um, but I think that. He also he also worked with this director in a few films too. I think he d- did the Taxi Driver with him. Um, but this movie is funny from the first half of the film and scary in the second half. And it's so seamless how they transition from one style to the other. It's just a work of a masterpiece in that in that sense. So it's one of my favorite films. Yeah, and it's great that it's also really playing with your expectations. Right, because it's it's like you start off understanding who the parasite is, but then it, it just takes you in a different direction. And uh, yeah, I agree. And lots of tension in that too. I, I remember that that scene where they're all under the the coffee table. Yep. You know. And yeah, absolutely. So good, good use of of tension. And yeah, great movie. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, my thirteen, Matrix, Matrix One. Ooh. In my book, there's no other Matrix movie. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm guessing you're not a fan of the newest one. Oh, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked so much. It's 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 one of these. Like, I don't know why this movie even exists because it's a desperate attempt at being relevant again. And I I feel like they they mentioned that in the movie already. It's like oh, Warner Brothers wanted us to make another. You know, it's like okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um uh yeah i don't know it 
we talked about this movie on on, on the show before, um, obviously, and and again, it's it's one of these where it was like visually, it was groundbreaking. They, you know, they, they the bullet time, the first time they did that in a in a good way, and then you know the, the Zack Snyder's in the world kind of took that concept and kind of created their own version of that. That's and like I I like this kind of stuff where it's just kind of influential on the the space as a whole and influential then being influential on on other people's art and the thing matrix mm. uh, has done that in a very great way um and i mean shout out to all the late 90s kids in trench coats and sunglasses i guess <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i i can appreciate uh I can appreciate The Matrix. I think it's probably one of the best action films ever made. Um, but I it didn't get on my list because the continuation kind of doured the whole story. And I look at the whole story, I, I look at it as one contiguous list. I wish they had just brought out The Matrix and left the film alone. Uh, and then they left the, they added the Animatrix to the collection. Because with every single film that comes out, the story just gets worse and worse, and yep. it makes the first film a little bit more convoluted. But I, I, I like I like the Matrix film, and I think the movie still holds up till today. Yep, I agree, definitely. All right, my number twelve, I believe, is my final film from the Asia Pacific. And it's called The Man from Nowhere, another South Korean film. It's an amazing film. Um, I don't know if you are a fan of John Wick, but this is the movie that inspired John Wick. Oh. Basically, you know, this guy is just a quiet guy, lives his life. Um, and he, I guess he gets to like the neighbor's girl, uh, the neighbor's girl. Um, because she was neglected. So he would come in in the middle of the night or so come in the daytime and hang out. Uh, he would cook her food and all of that stuff. Uh, but her neighbor was owing money, so these guys came to take their due and they beat the, babe, the neighbor up and took the girl. And uh, he went, it was out for revenge, and he was like a, like some highly trained assassin. Uh, and he goes out and he just beats the living hell out of everybody it's it was basically john wick before john wick came to be and uh if you ever get a chance to watch it it's a really really good film very deep very action-packed and very very interesting the man from nowhere oh cool cool yeah i want to check that out now because i like the john wick movies i think they're entertaining and well done (laughs) i agree uh, my number 12, a movie you already mentioned, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I think it's nice. the best Star Wars movie. And it's... Um, I feel like one of the strongest middle movies in a three-movie series. Mm. Um, for a lot of the reasons that you brought up. Right? I, I think it's... Um, the drama is there. The The... You know the "I'm your father" climax in a way is uh, <laughs> it's just perfect and came out of nowhere. And you know, again, that's kind of this visual design thing that I really enjoy with this, and that that I think Disney is really good at 
recreating in the modern way, but mm-hmm. they mess a lot of the other stuff. <laughs> so, but, but you know, it's uh, yeah, I think Empire, great movie. I think that I think that movie was what made the Star Wars I drama. Agree. That's, I mean, the whole the whole world of Star Wars is based on that film. Yeah. Um, so I I don't I have no disagreements on there. Yeah, and the thing you know, Return of the Jedi is not as strong, for example. I agree at all. I agree. It's kind of a I disappointment in, in contrast. <laughs> um, my number eleven is Pulp Fiction. Oh, um, Quentin Tarantino is one of my best directors, and uh, it would behoove me not to add one of Quentin Tarantino's most well you know, well-executed films in the list. I think Pulp Fiction is his most difficult film to do because of the time jumps and how you have, as the audience, has to put in the timing together. But it's such an interesting story. Talking about mundane things, when you think about it, people going to a party, people having discussions in a restaurant, you know, people talking about... um, (laughs) uh, Tolicking <laughs> the very beginning, uh, the Royale, the burger sizes. Uh, it's it's there's it a lot of mundane scenes in there, but the movie has some very top tier highlights. Almost every single scene escalates very quickly, uh, and everything stays interesting. I think it's a well executed film, and it's my number eleven. Great, yeah, yeah. Um... Bring up a good point. I don't have a Tarantino movie on here, but I guess honorable mention for me would be Inglorious Bastards. That was another good one. Um, yeah, because I yeah recognize him as being like one of the greats of our time, but um, not good enough for my list, I guess. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, Pulp Fiction is just I, I never really got that movie, and I, I recall we talked about this, but I think in, uh, Inglorious Bastards is. is uh, the stronger movie, in my opinion. Yeah, you know? I, I, I'm not. I don't think I. I don't disagree with you, um, because it's definitely opinion based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, my number eleven almost made a top top ten is uh, the Dark Knight, my superhero <laughs> movie of the list. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, and again, I mean, yeah, we talked. A lot about that movie in the, in the episode, but it's it's this interesting take on the Batman. It's an interesting take on the Joker. It's an iconic take on the Joker, um, and I'm glad we went away with a more comedic, over the top, campy Joker. And this one got a little more crazy, but also somewhat grounded in reason, I guess. Right? So it's kind of kind of a yeah, interesting way of. You know, I think there's just a lot of people that saw that portrayal of the Joker and felt somewhat close to it in a way. Like I remember, there was just tons of people that dressed up like them as uh, for Halloween. Um, so it's it's just this iconic thing. And again, you know, it's like I have a thing for just great design, and to think that this Joker is, is designed very well. Yeah, um, music is good. Super Hans has done it again, um, 
and great performances. So yeah, great movie, I think. No, yeah, I I definitely don't have an argument on that one. I'm I'm a I'm a fan of that film. I think of all the the Batman, the new trilogy. It's my second best. I would probably go with uh, the Batman, the first one he did. Um, but you know that comes into that you know that brings the question of are you looking forward to the new Batman film coming out next month? I think it it, it is next month, right? New Batman film. Yeah, and I I think the trailer looks great. I I think we mentioned it before, but um, I think this Batman looks really kind of pissed off, and it's. <laughs> It's intriguing to me, like, it, it, you know. It's not just a rich jerk, but it, it's it's somebody that definitely has like a chip on their on their shoulder. I find that, and I think it's go ahead, go on. And the thing visually, like the Riddler, looks very different. I'm just intrigued by that. Um, but yeah, so so I'm looking forward to it. I think it looks like an interesting take. On the, yeah. I, I totally agree. I think it's like a balance between you're looking for grounded and you're looking for fantastic at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a mixture of what, you know, we're getting um, from Tim Burton and what we're getting uh, from the director of, you know, the one you just mentioned. Um, so, you know, it's I, I'm curious to see where, where it goes. Uh, and I probably will be getting tickets to see that one. Uh, yeah. COVID. It doesn't matter for that film. Um, my next film is number 10. We're now in the top 10. So, uh, Amelie. Ooh. Amelie. That was uh, basically the movie that got me into movies. Wow. Uh, Amelie. It, I don't know, maybe because of the time that I was, I just moved to America. I was isolated from the family. And, you know, watching this, you know, young waitress orchestrate the lives of people around her while dealing with her isolation kind of touched me in, in, in I guess, sentimentally. Um, and the movie, I didn't see a movie like that at all um, in my life. So then I was like, all right, cool. Let me see more films by Audrey Tattoo. Let me see more films like this. And I just, that started my, you know, interest in movies as a whole. So Amelie has a very, very, uh, you know, strong position in my in my life because if I, if I hadn't watched that film, I probably wouldn't have watched as many films that I that that I you know that I've explored over the last few years. It's a it's a really interesting comedy. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's my number ten. Yeah, and yeah, again, visually interesting. I think music is is again you know so recognizable. Um, the main theme. Yeah, good movie. Um, don't have it on my list, but enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, interesting that you brought forward a movie that kind of informed your interest in movies. My number 10 is the first movie I've seen in the theater. And it's The Lion King, the original one, oh. not the stupid remake <laughs> that nobody oh, needed. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised that that movie didn't come up on my list. That's that's interesting. That's a, that's a really good film. I never saw it in the theater. Yeah, uh, yeah. First movie I've seen in theater, and it's it's so good. It's so good. Again, you know, mu- you know music is great. I think the story is very you know, universal and relatable. I think the animation is fantastic. Voice acting is fantastic, both in English and in German, because I watched it in German first. And 
uh, you know, they, they got some good uh, voice actors that were stars at some point. Now they, they go into the trend of having influencers be voice actors, and it sucks. Yeah. So back then they really kind of took the time to have good people do the voice acting and then then shows it's such a good movie and and again i i will always say this i don't understand why disney needs to remake their animation movies because their animation movies are timeless yeah you can watch these movies anytime they hold up they look great the style of animation does not look dated at all just keep keep it going it's great we don't need to do it again it's just a it's just a drip of nostalgia yeah. It's just a trip of nostalgia. Yeah. We're going to capture a new audience. Anyway, <laughs> talking about nostalgia, my number nine in the list is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh. My favorite uh, Indiana Jones film. Very, a very over-the-top action film yeah. where we go from one part of the world to another. Uh, <laughs> very, very, very um, iconic opening scene. Um, and very, very interesting, fun, very, very interesting. I mean, the scene where he sees, uh, uh, there are too many good scenes from Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, the end of the film where they're all in the cave, their faces melt. Um, it's, uh, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's, it's, it's such a good adventure film to watch and it's basically a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally agree. Again, it's just one of those movies from that era that are so iconic. I say iconic a lot, but it is so iconic, right? And like it's it's so memorable, and yeah, you know, Disney's still making it in the parks, and but that's mm-hmm. great, you know, own it. <laughs> <laughs> My number nine is a Coen Brothers movie, mm. The Big Lebowski. Oh, The Big Lebowski! I just saw that recently. Go on. <laughs> and um, a cult classic, I think. Um, I am, a, yeah, I think it's, uh, there's many lines you can quote. Um, every time I'm in a bowling alley, it's like, oh, the line. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um Philip Seymour Hoffman in this, I, I feel like it's always an actor that you overlook, but he's in this and he's he's pretty good in this. Um, John Goodman, fantastic. He's one of my favorite actors. So uh, I've, I've seen almost every movie of his. So um, yeah, this has been one of the great performances of his, I think. Um, and it, it sparked my adventures into white russians and and the weird way they do it in this movie <laughs> I, lots of white russians in my in my youth or youth in, in my past yeah i yeah i think that uh, greg labowski is eminently quotable the movie's about you know i mean it's just the adventure of what happens to him um it's just mistaken identity gone to a hundred percent just that and uh, there's no it's <laughs> I, I i like the film quite a lot to be honest with you it's it's such a good acting and john goodman does a good job like you said jeff bridges is <laughs> plays a cool character so well 
Um, dude, just a dude. You know, it's it's very, very, very interesting. I eminently quotable, yep. and people quote it to you all the time. So I, 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 I totally get why it's there. <laughs> number eight. My number eight is Black Panther. Ooh, my second of three. Um, what do you call it? three superhero films on my list. And I think that Black Panther was one of the first movies that touched me in a different way because it celebrated black Afrofuturism in a very relatable way. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't see a lot of black superheroes on TV. Um, and Black Panther did a good job of saying, hey, they are black heroes and they're relevant um and it, and they are in africa uh, and all over the world it's it's and it's also a good shakespearean story about family um and the conflicts that exist within family the past coming to bite you in the back um and the story of strength it was a very good film with a lot of good action scenes so black panther is my number 8 yeah fully agree it's uh yeah great movie <laughs> i couldn't say much <laughs> it's i really enjoyed the movie and i'm 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 happy it um visualized that experience um because i think it's so important to to surface that and and you know True. normalize it because yeah, it's and what you say, it's a, it, you know, family conflicts like that's just so universal. It doesn't matter like who it is, right? So it, exactly, it, it's good to put that in and make that um kind of the the key component because everybody can relate to that. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the yeah, I, such such an important thing. And again, I I kind of go back to just the Disney parks, um, but it's so great to see uh, young kids just recognizing that they're seen. Right, and then it's yes. it's so good, it's so good. So yeah, very happy. Um, this movie is here for all of us, and we can enjoy it. My number eight is a German movie, and uh, I know German movies get a lot of flack, <laughs> uh, deservedly so. But this one, uh, I think, is different and special. Run, Lola, Run. It's the American title. Oh, Run, Lola, Run, Run, Lola, Run. Uh, that's a good film. <laughs> Lola, Run. Watch that in German. Me. Yeah. In my uh, in my German class, go on. Oh yeah, yeah. So Run Lola Run is essentially a movie that ha- that, that that tells us the same story three times, and uh, the main character Lola is trying to bail out her boyfriend, um, who dealt with the wrong people and uh, now has to deal with the consequences, and she's trying different ways to get the money so that they can be free and we see it play out in three different ways uh and it, it's fascinating it's it's one of these things where it's the the concept is of you know the the the, the flutter of a butterfly is changing something around the world it's the same as here like she runs into people and and we see kind of what happens to them and you know her little interactions with the same people in the three storylines of how they change their life and all that it's just interesting concept um very small scale but feels very big uh, you know the design is kind of um 
very Berlin, <laughs> very Berlin in the nineties. But but yeah, it's it's a cool movie. I think it's it's very enjoyable. I I remember I remember that movie quite well. Um, it's that's a, it's a pretty good call. That's a really good call. Yeah, run Lola run. Check it out, guys and gals. <laughs> everybody, check it out, everybody. All right. Well, I guess we'll stick with the German theme. Oh. Um, my number seven film is Das Leben der Anderen. Oh. Uh, the Lives of Others came out in 2006. Stars Gerd Wiesler. And it's basically set in, uh, in East Berlin uh, during uh, when East Germany was still occupied by the Russians. Uh, oh, sorry, the communists. Um, and uh, basically you have a situation where the secret police is coming in to watch the lives of uh, residents who they consider to be um, uh, hostile to the government. Um, and as the movie proceeds, you see this guy who is like a super good um, so, um, spy for the, for the police get intertwined in the lives of some of the people he's watching. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a very, 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 very good story about, you know, how watching... <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it like that. How people's lives can affect yours and change your perspective. Um, I was going to say how watching other people can change. And I just thought, no, that's not a good way to put it. Um, but, yes how other people can touch your lives because the end is a very powerful scene. Um, but it's a really good film. So if you ever get a chance to watch that, it's a, it's a, it's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, honorable mention, if you were kind of into that whole East Berlin, West Berlin thing is uh, goodbye Lenin. Oh, I love that film. Too. Okay. Yeah. It's more of a yeah. comedy thing, but, um, fun movie too, where, uh, a mother of a family is in a coma and wakes up after, so from East Berlin, and uh, then the the walls falling down while she's in a coma. She wakes up and her family is desperately trying to make her still believe that the the, the, the you know East and West are a thing. Uh, interesting movie and arguably one of the career starters for Daniel Brühl, who is now in yeah. everything. <laughs> if you need a German German person, Daniel Brühl is there. <laughs> I think that the uh, the scene with the Coca Cola sign that you know after they've done everything created the news uh, the news station where they're talking about news in East Berlin and then all their whole plans just goes to stuff when the Coca Cola sign just comes <laughs> unruffling from the stuff of the other building. It was so it was a good film. Yes, yep. I agree with you. Yep. My seven has aliens. So the second alien mm. movie. Uh, and it's one of the perfect action sci-fi movies for me. It's it's got everything. It's got a good cast. It's got a like a good design. It's a good addition, like a good extension of the alien universe where we get to know the queen <laughs> uh, of aliens, not of England. <laughs> 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 and uh it's such a fascinating way to add more 
um, stakes, higher stakes to what has been established in Alien. You know, now the fight is like big robot versus big queen, or like big, tiny person and big robot versus alien queen. And um, everything is a bigger scale, and the stakes are higher. But I think it, it it's done in a way that is logical. And it's still quoted. I watched um, uh, Silent Sea on Netflix, uh, mm. Korean drama. And um, I feel like there's a lot of riff on, on aliens in that as well, because it's uh, based in the base on the moon for the most part. It's not necessarily with uh, aliens, spoiler alert, but you know, there's, there, there are quite some references there, I think. Um, so I just love the movie. All right. Um, I would say that my number six, is that where we are now? Uh, yeah. All right. My number six is Rear Window, Alfred Hitchcock. Mm. Um, movie whose location is set um, in an apartment while um, the main character is uh, recovering from breaking his leg and he's just watching his neighbor. It's kind of like the lives of others, but in a different perspective, instead of uh, being touched by the lives of others, he's watching as a murder. He's trying to solve a murder while sitting in his apartment. And the movie is so intriguing to watch because the acting is so good. The storyline is so good. And I think that, you know, the thriller uh, the thrill of the film is quite interesting because you get to learn a lot from about the neighbors, but just watching them uh, in the back. Uh, and uh, just like the main character at the end of the film, you know, you're worried about whether he's going to survive, what's going to happen, you know, happen to him. So it's one of Alfred Hitchcock's best films and uh, up there on my list. I think Hitchcock has always been good at kind of making something that is, small in scale and someone mundane but then really cranking it up you know like yeah like the birds it's kind of, you know it like starts off as this relatively boring thing but then it just goes crazy and crazy and crazy yeah. um and he was he was really good at playing to people's fears like natural fears right so, so like birds and, and i mean the others um it's a great, great, great movie. Um, good call there. Um, my number six is Godfather one. Mm. I feel like we talked about this to death, but uh, again, iconic. Probably one of the best mob movies out there. And um, yeah, please check out the the Godfather episode if you want to learn more about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. My number five is uh, adventure, uh, the Avengers Endgame. Oh. I think that uh, the Avengers Endgame is probably one of the most impactful superhero films because it's a combination of everything that had happened in like the last 22 Marvel films. Um, when you have so many storylines uh, intertwining uh, and you have to make it work, it's so interesting to see how they did it. Um, I I think that while there are a couple of parts of it that are convoluted, the sense of scale and the sense of like 
uh, it's basically you're in a theme park on a ride, and the yeah. movie just takes you on a bloody good ride, and uh, it's such a fun film to watch. So, um, you know, almost everybody in the world has seen it. It's probably one of the top selling films of all time. So mm-hmm. there's not much I need to add to it, but yeah, Avengers Endgame played a number on me. Yeah. Um... Sadly for me, I think Endgame just came out at a time where I was just fatigued by all the superhero mm. movies and I, it didn't have the impact <laughs> you know, it probably should have had for me. But uh, because it was just too much, it was just too, too much and too many stories kind of interwoven. And, and, and yeah, but I agree. I mean, it's, it's a good ride, but it just kind of left me kind of oversaturated. And then that whole genre and kind of um, I was I a little over at that time. <laughs> I think that just the sheer amount of uh, superhero films that you have to watch to get like some of the quips that people, you know, were were really elated about, you yeah. know, in the film. Uh, it's a lot of work that you really have to do. And some of these movies are two hours, three hours long. So I can appreciate your perspective on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number five, uh, Alien. Probably one of my most favorite like, sci- sci-fi movies. Didn't uh, you already say Aliens? Well, that's that's Alien 2. Oh, okay. Cool. Alien now. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so, so the first Alien movie. Um, Got it. In my opinion, very different ball game because it's playing with the claustrophobia of, and playing with the kind of unknown and that very real threat. You could tell that they didn't have a lot of money because it's just so limited in scale. But that also works well in its favor because it makes it so much more threatening because they don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, um, they're in the middle of you know in the middle of space and. Um, the threat is real and and you know then the the opening when when they discover the that area with the eggs and you know just the mystery of it all is like oh what what does this mean right and then when when the chess person comes out it's just everything about this movie is great yeah i i've i've never seen the aliens um i've never seen the aliens films what and uh no i haven't seen any of them uh so I think that I definitely need to get into this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, because I hear a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about those films and how it's been a very big impact for them. I haven't seen any of them. So I definitely need to get that, those films into into my list of films to watch. All right. Um, we're getting very close to number one. Yes, so. number four. Um my number four is the two towers. Oh wow! The Lord of the Rings, the two towers. My favorite of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The end, the end fight scene, the the ride that you had to go through, Gandalf's return. It's just a lot of you know highs and lows, um, in a very impactful series and i think that my it's my favorite uh lord of the rings film and if i could put the three trilogies as uh as number four i would um but yeah what the return of the king is is definitely up there as my 
top five films of all time. Interesting. I, I'm just. I said, uh, I said the two towers. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like doing this show has soured me on the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's why my reaction was like, "Wow, okay." Um, I mean, you you spend a lot of time. I mean, when you have to review it, you spend a long time watching those films. Yeah. But the thing about it is, every time I watch the film. It's like I'm really I just get a glimpse of it. I just want to sit down and watch more of it. And it's such a fascinating, well put together story. So it's it's forever I mean, even if I I, I think there are gonna be periods of the year where you get that burn to watch Lord of the Rings again. And uh you just sit down there and you enjoy the thrill of the ride. And yeah. I think that, you know, this is the epitome of it. So yeah. that's yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Speaking of a uh, good ride, my number four is Interstellar. Ooh, that's a good one. And I think, yeah, that, that is actually, yeah, that's quite the ride. Right? We were going through space and time in a way, in in a, in a good way. And then Matt Damon shows up and, and messes everything up. Jerk. <laughs> but, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think it's a very great take on showing us different planets with different concepts of, you know, not everything's Tatooine um, in this universe. Um, and I think that's that's great to see the the tight planet. It's great to see the ice planet. You know, it's it's, it's good to see different ideas of what's out there. Uh, I think McGonaghy is is very strong. This is arguably Timothy Chalamet's breakout role. Uh, if you want to consider it that um i think the the threat to our planet is very real and very kind of anchored around what we face right now so it's an interesting thought of how do we get out of this um so it's very relevant uh, nolan has done a great job visually again you can tell a lot of the stuff that's in this movie is real um and that's fantastic. The music is great. Uh, Super Hans has done it again. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Interstellar, fantastic movie. All right, I I I think that it's a it's a very sciencey film with a lot of great um, movie elements in it. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate is the fact that they stuck to real scientific facts for most of the film. Yeah. Um, and it talks about space um, and it shows a lot of great visuals about space. It talks about some interesting concepts like time um, and how, you know, the whole time thing works. There's a big ode to 2001, the Space Odyssey, um, especially at the end of the film where he's going through the black hole um it's it's a very interesting film I, I i think that it's definitely up there as one of christopher nolan's best films. i am actually surprised that i don't have any christopher nolan film on my list uh now i'm disappointed uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right we're entering the top three podium right. you would be you would be surprised to hear this one i think my number three film of all time number three film of all time is Singing in the Rain. Hmm. Uh, 
I loved that film. I, you know, I'd heard a lot about it for a long time, especially in my young years. Um, but there's something about watching that film, um, the choreography, the the story, which turned out to be a lot funnier than I thought it was. I didn't even realize that the movie was that funny um, about uh, guys who lied about their past, uh, becoming big movie stars. It's a journey about love, about, you know, you know, about Hollywood, um, about the transition from non-speaking roles to speaking films, um, a movie about Hollywood's time. Uh, it's such a good film. Um, and the characters, especially the, the character, uh, the characters are just beloved. I, I love, I love singing in the rain. The, the, the musical numbers are, uh, incredible. It stars Gene Kelly. Um, it also stars, uh, Debbie Reynolds Mm -hmm. who ended, who's, you know, who has a link to the star Wars, uh, series, uh, through her daughter um Carrie Fisher uh and the movie is just an incredible incredible I think it's one of the best musicals that I've ever watched uh so yeah movies uh the movie is pretty good it's if you ever get a chance to watch it you will be laughing throughout and it's such a good time ah great I just see it's uh Number ninety-eight on the top two fifty. So we, we have a ways to go to to get. <laughs> but yeah, good to know. I I only know that the title song sequence. You know when he's dancing in the rain. So I didn't know anything about this movie. So thank you for enlightening me here. Uh, sounds sounds good. I will say that it also covers one of the interesting things that you know happened in Hollywood too, where you had situations where you had background singers singing for you know people who don't for the main actress who doesn't have a good voice mm-hmm. um and i think that you know when uh you hear lena lamont's voice in the film you would appreciate why some of that happens so yeah i'm i'm done talking about it so get you watch it it's good it's good it's good. <laughs> it's good it's good so my top three um i'm very informed by my childhood i uh realize now but uh, my number three is uh, the best christmas movie of all times fight me on that home alone mm-hmm. <laughs> thought you were gonna say die hard <laughs> <laughs> i feel like everybody that says die hard is, a, is their favorite christmas movie is a poser <laughs> fight me on that too <laughs> <laughs> all right so tell tell us why 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 home alone is your favorite I th- to me it's it's this like growing up in the you know 80s and 90s uh it, it's this great fantasy of oh what would happen to me if i was alone i could do this i could build crazy traps and potentially kill people in the process but um <laughs> you know just just that whole like what if this happened to me could i do this right of course this was never this would never happen um but but it's it's a lot of that and just kind of the you know the traps are kind of cool and Mm. inventive and uh it's just the 
the the character journey he goes through of like oh hey my family i'm happy that i'm alone you know i can eat pizza and you know do do whenever i can do whatever i want to mm-hmm. oh it would be good to have my family back because i miss them it's, it's kind of a nice journey to go through and i, I feel like he grows a lot in that and uh, it's a fun adventure uh, it, great performances great music and uh, good good heartfelt story so, yeah, I, I think that if you want to talk about the movie that captures the the essence of being in a family, this is a really good film because it's you know the character longs to be with his family at the end of the film, despite having all the freedom in the world. Yeah. Um, so yes, I it's been a long time since I watched Home Alone. It makes me want to rewatch it, and I know they came out with a new one. Yeah, and I've decided I'm never going to watch that film no matter what. So <laughs> I'm going to go watch the classic one again and try to, and, you know, with my daughter, it might be a good film to watch when she's like seven. Yeah. Because I don't want to have any thoughts of booby traps in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my number two, this is going to be short because I think you mentioned it already, hmm. is The Godfather. Hmm. Um, the Godfather Two doesn't make my list, but Godfather One definitely does. Um, the 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 character acting, uh, the story, the you know the sense of scale of the film uh, is just you know out of this world. And uh, I I think that while The Godfather Two is a better film, The Godfather is the iconic film. And I think that, you know, The Godfather has to be on my list. Okay. Very good, very good. Number two, speaking of, you know, kind of growing, growing up and kids' adventures, The Goonies. Uh, another movie I haven't seen. Oh, wow. It's one of those <laughs> movies that I, you know, whenever I browse through the channels and it's on, I mm-hmm. tend to stick around at least for a couple of minutes just to really? to get back to that. Um and having gone to Astoria in Oregon, I believe, um, you know, having been to the Goonies house, which I know they've they've closed down pretty much. You cannot go there anymore or shouldn't go there because it's a private residence. Um, and, and like, it's it's just a fun adventure, and it, it it's an interesting combination of different characters and strengths. You know, and mm. you, you have this group of, of kids and friends that kind of work together to f- find the treasure and solve a mystery and then, you know, help their friend not being evicted from their house. Like a lot of, uh, you know, going back to the movie and then like a lot of like the inception of why they, or, uh, the motivation of, of why they embark on their journey doesn't really make sense, but it's still a good ride. It's It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I I haven't seen the Goonies yet. Um I've heard a lot about it. Um I will I probably will put that on my list of films to watch soon. Uh but I have to I have I probably given the fact that so many people talk about the film, hello? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Given the fact that so many people talk about the film, I think it's one of those films that I definitely need to give a sh- give give a look to. Yeah. All right, number one. Yeah, my number one film of all times, and uh, I'm sure you're shocked, shocked <laughs> to find this out, is uh, Casablanca. Oh, I love Casablanca. I The day I watched that film, 
I watched it twice in a row. Oh. Um, Casablanca is has everything from stakes to action to um, comedy to romance. It's uh, it's the perfect film for a good a good you know good evening, and I think that it's it's eminently quotable. Um, you know, people quote it all the time. Of all the gin joints, you walked into mine. Um, you know, so many Casablanca quotes out there. Uh, here's looking at you, kid. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a timeless film. And uh, I love it to death. I, I It's one of my best films of all time. I, I, You know, my list always changes, honestly, depending on my mood. And if you ask me my top 20 list, at a different time of the day, it probably would be different from this. You know, there are movies that I could have put in, like 13 Assassins, um, you know, like uh, The Raid. But the one that always stays number one is Casablanca because it's one of my favorite films of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's one of the movies I haven't seen yet. So I'm looking forward to, to catching that one. It's coming up soon on our 250 list. Yeah, I think so, right? Where where is that one? One say it's in the fifties. Yeah, forty nine. See, this is the reason why I don't respect this list. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so my number one and you know, tell me you're a nineties kid without telling me you're a nineties kid, uh Jurassic Park. <sighs> and <sighs> that sounds like a bigger discussion. <laughs> I mean, no, I love Jurassic Park. I, I, it's, it's, I was just surprised that I didn't remember to put it on my list. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, it's one of the best big creature movies that made big creatures very believable and real, I think. Um, it's It's going into that mystery of dinosaurs and you know all the lore around dinosaurs and how cool would it be to to see them in real life um and the adventure with it and the 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 characters are um at least age-wise they're kind of diverse enough that you can um see yourself in either one of them i think you know you can see it from from the kid's perspective you can see it from the more sarcastic perspective you can see it from the science perspective of like the wonder right mm -hmm. um and it's a great disaster movie too <laughs> you know so you start off with the wonder and and it everything goes goes horribly wrong as things always do and it's it's a fun ride and it's it's yeah shot in in hawaii a lot so it's cool to see hawaii for me it's uh from a visual effects perspective, it was groundbreaking and, you know, started us on a, on a journey of, of CGI. And I think for it being the first, one of the first big movies that did this at the scale, it's really looking good still. Mm. You know, there's, there's a lot of movies that followed that technically had the better, um, processing power to do things but the design wasn't strong so it just looks bad but here in this movie everything is coming together in a in a perfect way and it, it still looks great holds up fantastically um 
again one of those movies that when i see it browsing through the channels uh, and it's playing i stick around for a couple minutes at least just because that's so good yeah it's been a long time since i saw jurassic park i i i i need to watch it again and you know the, the new ones are trying to hack back to the old films now um you know it's yeah, I definitely need to catch. Wasn't it directed by Steven Spielberg? Yep. That's interesting. You know, he does a lot of like movies that are, you know, that go on for a long time. Like they're timeless in a way. I mean, he directed all the. Probably is one of the best directors living right now. Um, yep. Given his, yeah, I need to watch Jurassic Park again. Thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> it's so interesting. It's I mean, this good. This list is good. Yep. Um, because it definitely makes you feel like, hey, I need to catch some of this. I need to watch the Aliens film, and I probably will watch those in the next week. All right. Jeez. So, yeah, audience, judge, everybody. Um, I feel like we have uh, a lot of homework to do to understand where we're coming from <laughs> for the next episode, which will yeah. be seven. Yes. Yeah. This is probably our longest episode ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I hope I hope the audience got to enjoy some of the reasons why we talk the way we do and some of the reasons why we watch movies the way we do. Um, but I definitely enjoyed having this discussion. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Raji, where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook on at MovieMistrial, or they can email us at contact at MovieMistrial.com. It's been a good, good, uh, good discussion with you, yeah, Johannes. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about seven next week. Yeah, sounds great. Sounds great. You take it easy, and uh, here's the next one. Uh, bye. Bye.